0: Thank you, Randy. Thank you, worship to me. Is it me? Or was that special? I mean, sometimes it's just like, wow, you just know the Holy Spirit is there and you can't manufacture it. You can't. I wish you could, but man, that was. So as I was saying earlier, it's been a great week. We had the Rangers win the World Series. We had the fall festival, we have movie night, but the most fun I have had in the last two weeks was uh, a week ago Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday. Sorry, my daughter's always telling me how I say Tuesday, whatever you say wrong, (laughs) Tuesday. I had a lot of fun. Um, well, I'll let you watch. Roughly there. Are you talking in the water? Yeah, that's where we're all. My name is Linda Brister, and I am today getting baptized. I am accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sins and Jesus Christ into my heart. My name is Amy Daniel, and I believe that baptism is a public um, declaration that I am a child of God, and I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and he is washing away my sins. Okay, so my name is Teresa Ellsworth, and I'm getting baptized today. Uh, Baptism means to me is reconnecting with the Lord. Um, I went away from him, and I feel like my bridge was broken, and now I'm reconnecting that bridge with him and washing away all my sins, and I do accept Jesus Christ into my life. Oh, ladies, I hadn't hit record. We're going to have to do it again. They said no. <laughs> that water was cold. It was a hoot. It was an absolute hoot. So that, that thing at the beginning about, you know, let's get baptized today, there was an element of truth to that. Um Teresa. <laughs> She was supposed to be working that morning and uh, calls me and says, are we still doing baptisms? Because of the rain, couldn't do the work. She was doing. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gave her the address. She showed up. No swimsuit, no towel. <laughs> Just showed up, <laughs> baptize me. <laughs> I love it. Come on up, Teresa. So I have two certificates for you. One is a certificate of baptism and Teresa also completed the 101 membership class. Baptism was the last step that she needed. So we welcome you into our community as one of our own, our members. Thank you, Steve. Linda Brister. I have two certificates for Linda as well, except somehow we believe Linda slipped under the radar screen because I think we already welcomed her into into membership without a baptism at a Baptist church. (laughs) So we're re-welcoming her into membership. So there's your certificate of baptism and there's your certificate of membership. And now I'm inviting two people up, Amy and Keith. Now, Keith didn't get baptized because he's already been baptized, but they both took the membership class a little while ago, and we've been waiting on Amy forever. So this was her, her, um, her real baptism. So we have a certificate of baptism for you and a certificate of membership for both of you. Welcome to the fold. <laughs> Thank you. It was a hoot. It was cold. I wore those um those waiters. There's a hole in them. <laughs> Which was fun. <laughs> no, that was that was really neat. It was just great. I mean it just seems to me we've been baptizing a lot of people and welcoming a lot of people into membership, and we keep adding chairs in here, and people keep coming in and sitting in them. <sighs> so God is is blessing us. Today, I want to introduce a new series that's going to take us all the way through Christmas and just into the new year. It, it, it's a trip from the beginning. Pardon me? Do I hear somebody? It's a trip... <laughs> From the beginning of the journey, from from the origins all the way through to Christmas, okay, <laughs> to Bethlehem and beyond. What was his name? Buzz Lightyear. There you go. To infinity and beyond. Let me give you a heads up. You know, the last series was called Discovery. Deeper. Discovery. <laughs> Deeper. We're going to go a little deep today, all right? I'm going to give you a heads up. We're, you know, sometimes you listen to the, the radio and it says we're, we're going to give you some deep tracks. We're going to look at some deep scripture this morning. Now, it's a little strange. In fact, I named this message Stranger Things. If you're a guest visiting with us for the first time, let me just give you a heads up. It's not normally like this. We will return to normal programming next week. But this morning, we're going to look at some deep, deep things. And then we're going to look at the application. You'll be able to come up for a little air when we get to the application. But bear with me. um, We really are going to look at some interesting scriptures this morning, strange scriptures. You know, there's a, a time when the Apostle Paul was in Athens. And he notices that they've got shrines and altars to... A plethora of gods, and he begins to tell them about the one true God, and this is their response in Acts 17:20. It says, "You are saying some rather strange things, and we want to know more. We want to know what it's all about. So my prayer this morning is, is, as we go through this, and I say some rather strange things, that it will kind of stir something up in you that you'll want to know a little bit more. And, you know, I often think of Paul, he's there and they're like, man, this is strange stuff, dude. (laughs) Tell us some more. So I hope that's your perspective. So we're going to follow this thread from the beginning all the way through to Bethlehem to the birth of Christ and beyond. Now, usually we think of that that thread that leads to the birth, life and and death and resurrection of, of Jesus as beginning in the Garden of Eden with the fall of man, or mankind, or humankind. Adam and Eve and the serpent. And the sneaky serpent persuades Eve to distrust God. You know, there's one tree in the middle of the garden, got all the fruit, you can eat everything. There's one tree in the middle of the garden, that, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For me, that's a clue. <laughs> they already have the knowledge of good. There's only one thing they're missing. Let's go get some knowledge of evil. It's like, but we know the story and, and the, the, the serpent twists the truth and draws Eve in and, and she takes the fruit and Adam's right there going along with her and he takes the fruit and we enter into the fall of mankind. And we think about that event as the beginning of all of this brokenness, but it isn't the beginning of all this brokenness. It was broken in the spiritual realm before it was broken in the material realm, before it was broken here. That serpent came from somewhere. Now, the scripture is kind of blurry on this one. All right? So we're going to have a lot of scripture this morning. The serpent who tempted Adam and Eve, Satan, had been around for a while before he Tempts them. Now we don't know the timeline; it's not made clear in the scripture. And as I say, it, it is kind of blurry because no one was there to record it. However, it is revealed in prophecy in a couple of places in the Bible, and we're going to look at those deep scriptures this morning. So the first one we're looking at is Isaiah 14. I think I put this one in your um, notes. Your notes? Do I have your notes somewhere? going to need that in a minute. Um, Isaiah 14. Thank you, sir. Verses 12 to 15. Now, like I said, it's deep stuff. You know what? Let's pray again right here. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the scriptures that you bring to us this morning. And I know that they're deep and they may be confusing for some people. And for others, they may be thinking, why are we even talking about this stuff? But, Father, if you put it in the Word, you put it in there for a reason. You put it in there for a purpose. And you intended for us to read it and to gather knowledge from it, understanding. So, Father, I pray this morning that you would open up our eyes and our hearts to your truth. That where there is blurriness, there would be clarity. Where there is apathy, there would be a passion and a desire to know. Father, that we can leave this place knowing that we have encountered the living God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 15. How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, the sun of morning. You've been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the depths, down to its lowest depths. Now, to make this kind of stranger, did you notice the tense in that passage of Scripture? There's past tense, present tense, and future tense, all in that passage of Scripture. How you are fallen is present tense. O shining star, the sun of morning, you have been thrown down past tense. And at the end, instead you will be brought, instead you will be brought down to the place of the dead, future tense. So it's an interesting passage of Scripture. We've got all three things going on here. Now, when you read that, It's actually about the king of Babylon. But there's a lot more to it because we know that the king of Babylon never resided in heaven. He was never in heaven. Was never thrown down to the earth. So we understand that it is directed at the king of Babylon and, and this is where we start getting into the strange stuff, the one pulling the strings of the king of Babylon. Now, one of the stranger things is that what happens here in the material world, and I'm talking about the physical earth, this this world, often has its origins in the spiritual world, good and bad. Let me show you what I mean. If you've got your Bible, turn to Daniel chapter 9. Verses 1 to 4 to begin. It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, the son of Ahasuerus, who became king of the Babylonians. Remember, the first scripture was about the king of Babylon. So this is referring to the same person. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet, that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God. And I pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and I confessed. Now I wanted to read that because Daniel chapter 9 is just a wonderful passage of scripture of Daniel's heartfelt prayer regarding the disaster that has come upon Jerusalem. And he's praying and he's fasting in regard to the king of Babylon that we've just read about. And it's a wonderful prayer. It's, it's worth a read. It's worth a study. So further down in verses 17 and 19, he finishes it this way. He says, "O oh, our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead. For your own sake, Lord, smile again on your desolate sanctuary. Oh, my God, lean down and listen to me. Open your eyes and see our despair. See how your city, the city that bears your name, lies in ruins. We make this plea not because we deserve help, but because of your mercy. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, listen and act for your own sake. Do not delay. O oh my God, for your people and your city bear your name. I just love the passion and the pleading in, in Daniel's prayer. And in chapter 10, we learn that, that Daniel continues to pray and he fasts for 21 days, for three weeks. He's not eating. He's not drinking any of the choice wines that the, he's been given. He's, he's literally living on water, we believe. For three weeks, for 21 days. I can't imagine what that does to a body. And he is pleading with God over the future of Jerusalem and, and the people and the sanctuary. And then there's this strange conversation between Daniel and an angel. It, it, it describes it as a vision. So I'm going to pick it up in, t- in 10.10. It says, just then a hand touched me. And lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. 21 days ago when you began praying, your God, who you prayed to, heard your prayer. I just love this. You you, you are very precious to God, Daniel. He heard your prayer. I have come in answer to your prayer. But, this is the rear, the strange stuff. But for 21 days, the spirit, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. 21 days ago, God heard your prayer, Daniel. And he sent me to come to you as an answer to the prayer. It's taken me three weeks to get here because an evil spirit, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, prevented me from coming. I've been fighting with this guy for 21 days. This is weird stuff, isn't it? Strange stuff. It carries on. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. An archangel is is an angel. There's a hierarchy in the heavenly realms, in the spiritual realms, like a military hierarchy amongst the angels. And, And Michael is an archangel. He's... He's one of the big guys. And he comes to help this angel out and he's taking care of it. He says, Then Michael, one of the archangels came to help me and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. There are spiritual forces and battles taking place in the spiritual realms that affect our lives in the physical realm. To the point... That all of this brokenness that we see and experience actually began in the spiritual realm. Before Adam and Eve, before the Garden of Eden, this brokenness began in the spiritual realm. We don't often talk about this stuff in church. Now, we have got a couple more strange passages of Scripture for you, and then we'll get to the... So what? Ezekiel chapter 28. Verses 12 through 16. Son of man, sing this funeral song for the king of Tyre. I I just love that. So somehow God is talking to Ezekiel. And he's telling him that you're going to prophesy this, but I want you to sing it. Ezekiel is filled with weird stuff. Very weird stuff. Son of man, sing this funeral song for the king of Tyre. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite and beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Now, I could tell you right now, the king of Tyre was not in Eden, the garden of God. So something else is going on here. We're talking about the king of Tyre, and we're talking about the one who pulls the strings of the king of Tyre. And that's who this is being directed to. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone red carnelian, pale green peridot, white moonstone, blue gray beryl onyx, green jasper, blue lapis lazuli, turquoise, and emerald, all beautifully crafted for you and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created. So it's a created being that we're talking about. A created being that that was so precious that was given this adornment of of all of these precious stones. And the reason you're given this adornment set in gold is, is, here's value. You are so valuable. I ordained and anointed you the mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Your rich commerce led you to violence and you sinned. So I banished you in disgrace from the mountain of God. I expelled you, almighty guardian, from your place among the stones of fire. So again, this is a passage of scripture that, you know, maybe your head is kind of like, what is that all about? Because he's actually talking to the king of Tyre. You know, that's what this, your rich commerce led you. But he's talking to this, this person that has been in heaven. This one that's pulling the strings of the king of Tyre. It continues on. Who was in the Garden of Eden? Adam, Eve, and the serpent. So we know this is not Adam and Eve. It's the serpent. He was the one that was cast down. He was in heaven with God. He was a special angel in God's kingdom. And had decided that he wanted to be like God. So all the brokenness that we see here did not begin with Adam and Eve. It began in the spiritual realms. And he is cast down. Strange stuff. One last passage of strange stuff scripture. We're going to go all the way to Revelation chapter 12. Again, this is a very confusing passage of scripture because it talks of things that has happened in a tense that they are going to happen. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, with seven crowns on his head. His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky. He threw them to the earth. Now, a lot of people believe that that was one-third of the angels that were in heaven. When Satan fell, that he brought a third of the angels with him. That's not clear. This is the only reference we have to that, but you, you may hear that. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. We'll get an end to this before it starts. She gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. And her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. Do you remember the name of the angel in Daniel? Michael. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. It's weird stuff, isn't it? Strange stuff. So this thread that we're going to be following over the next few weeks, it begins in the heavenly realms. And it ends in the heavenly realms. There's battle in the heavenly realms before Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden. And then there's battle in the heavenly realms before the new order is put in place. It begins in the spiritual world. Strange things. So, why? You know, I don't know about you, but when, I, when I'm reading my scripture, I'm, I'm trying to dig deep. I'm trying to, and the, okay, God, did you lose control? Did you lose control up in the spiritual realms? Like, what, what happened? I don't believe that can be true because if he had lost control, there would be no plan of reconciliation. We know the end of the story. So God never lost control. Therefore, this is God's plan. So why would God have allowed it to go this way with all of this suffering and all of this evil? It's a question that I get asked. And I don't know the answer. So that's the end of this message. (laughs) That's where faith and trust come into the picture. God tells us that his ways are higher than our ways. We can't begin to understand his ways or his, region, his reasons. And if we try to bring human morality and human understanding into the picture and judge God based on what we understand... You know, why why would you do that, God? It's not going to go well. And you'll find yourself manipulated in exactly the same way that Eve was manipulated in the Garden of Eden. When the serpent came to her and said, you know what, you can't really trust him. Why would he keep the one tree? What's that all about, Eve? Eve? If he was a loving God, you'd be able to eat of any tree, right? What's what's that all about, Eve? You can't trust him. He doesn't have your best interest at heart. And if you could trust him, would it really look like this? And that's where a lot of people land. Now, I don't know the big why. No one does except for the Lord. I think when we get to be with the Lord, it's going to be one big, "ah." Oh. But here's what I do know. And you hear me say this all the time. When I come to a passage of scripture and I don't know, I look for what I do know. To give me some understanding of what I can't make sense of. So here's what I know. The most powerful stories you hear, you know, when you hear people's testimonies, their stories, are the ones of redemption. Are they not? The ones who are broken people have come and been redeemed by Christ. Those are the stories that's like, wow. And the most powerful love is the love that is born in redemption and forgiveness. And I believe that when God looked at creation in Genesis chapter 1, and in Genesis chapter 1 it says, he looked at all he made. And he saw it and he said it was very good. He didn't say it was okay. And it's not bad. Good first try. Get it right next time. He looked at everything that he made and he said, it is very good. But I believe that as God was looking at his crea- creation, he is in eternity. And he has the vantage of seeing the end from the beginning. He knows where it goes. We don't. We, we, we can read about where it goes, but we're in the brokenness in between. And I think that, that when he sees from the end, from the beginning, it was very good. And maybe the power of love that we will experience at the other end of paradise is so much more powerful, so much more pure, because it has been refined in the fire of redemption. And we will know the depth of his love in a manner that we could not possibly have known had it not been for all of this stuff. It's a weird... Stranger things. All right, let me finish up our time with this and then we're going to go to communion. Why is this important? I got two reasons for you. This is in your, your notes. First, it's important for us to understand that beyond our normal experience, make sure I get this worded right for you, forces are at work in the spiritual realms. There's stuff going on around us. Kind of scary. Good and bad. And they have influence over us. You know, there's a saying, right? The devil made me do it. There's an element of truth to that saying. However, we have no excuse. We are free to choose good and evil, good and bad. James 1, 14 and 15 says, Temptation comes from our own desires, which entices us and drags us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Spiritual death, emotional death. Potentially physical death. I don't know about you, but when I'm not living my life right, there's something inside me that dies. And it doesn't feel good. And I don't feel good. There's another scripture. I didn't put it in there. After I. When I asked Jesus Christ into my life as Lord and Savior, decided to be. You know, man, I'm in, Jesus. They give me a little booklet, and there was a bunch of scripture verses, and the very first scripture that I learned from there was no temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. In other words, you haven't been singled out for special temptation, and God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. In fact, he will give you a way out so you can stand up under it. So we have no excuse. We can guard against the devil and his schemes. James 4 7 through 10 says, So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How often do we give in to him? And our lives start to, the darkness starts coming into our lives, and we're struggling in life, and it's like there's this big dark shadow over us because we're giving in to Satan. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done, remorse. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. So some practical things here. And this is really basic, simple stuff. Nothing new. The scriptures were dark and deep. The response, you know. How do we come close to the Lord? Four things. Stay in community. Number one, how do you stay in community? Well, number you're part of a church. You're part of of Christ's community. You need to be part of a small group. You need to be part of a Bible study. You need to have two or three people in your life that when things are messing up and you're messing up, that you can go and talk to them and they can pray for you. There is strength in numbers. We were called, created to be in community. When you're not in community... You are prey to that evil one that we've just read about. Number two, stay in the truth. How? Get yourself a reading plan. If you struggle with with staying in God's word, get yourself a reading plan. So that it becomes a part of your life, you know, the number one diet of everything that you take in on the internet, on TV, books, whatever, your, your main meal is the Bible. And if your main meal is not the Bible, you're missing out. And that's when that darkness can start to creep in because the more of the Bible that you put in you, the more light you have in you. And when Satan comes along with his lies and his deceit, you have scripture to throw back in his face, just like Jesus had scripture to throw back in his face. Stay in the truth. Stay in communication. Pray. I love Daniel's prayer, heartfelt prayer. Pleading with God, 21 days of fasting. Man, I fasted for three days one time. It was horrible. (laughs) Horrible. It was seriously horrible. And I was a complete fast. Nothing to eat, nothing to drink. I was miserable. People didn't want to be near me. I don't blame them. How you do 21 days, that's got to be a supernatural thing from the Holy Spirit. But staying, in... Con- Pray. Prayer shouldn't be your... We talked about this a few weeks ago. It shouldn't be your spare tire. Pull it out when you need it. It should be your steering wheel. It should be your guidance every day for what you do. When you get out of bed, before your feet touch the ground, when your eyes open, God, thank you for this day. What do you have planned for me this day, Father? May my eyes be upon you this day, Lord. Would you guide my thoughts right from the get-go? And when you get to bed at night, you can pray and say, sorry. Yeah, this day wasn't so good. (laughs) But you're good. Thank you, God. And live in obedience. I sincerely believe that nothing brings light into your life like bringing light into other people's lives. So let me ask you a question. If you were to rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 on those four things, where are you at? How are you doing? I'm not saying this stuff to make anybody feel guilty, but I'm looking for conviction. I mean, look at that list. And maybe just jot down. You don't have to do it right now, but later on, maybe just jot. You know what? On the Bible thing, I'm okay. I'm maybe a seven or an eight on the Bible thing. Prayer. I pray when I need to. Five. Community. I go to church most weeks. I go to my small group on occasion. I've been meaning to go to a small group. I'm going to get there one day. Serving, living in obedience. Am I putting it in action? Where are you on a scale of one to ten? What is your plan to move that from where you are two points higher? You need a plan. And the second Remember, you have a purpose. You know, the Bible calls these times in between the paradise that was, paradise lost, and paradise to come. The Bible terms these times as darkness. Some call it this present darkness. We are not to fear the darkness. We are the antidote to the darkness. That's our purpose. 1 Peter 2 9 says, But you are not like that. Not like what? Like those who stumble in the darkness, like those who do not stay in community, like those who do not stay in the truth, like those who are not calling on the Lord, like those who are not serving Him. You are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests. Now, this is not being written to the Jewish nation. This is being written to the new converts, the Gentiles that have come to Christ, us. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. You're owned. It's a negative thing, isn't it? You're owned. We are owned by God. And if you're not owned by God, you need to get owned by God. a holy nation, God's very own possession, as a result, because of this, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. We are here in this darkness that's affected by all of this spiritual stuff that's coming on. We are the antidote to the darkness. We are the ones who bring light and hope into the darkness. That's our role. That's our purpose. We live in obedience to Christ. That's our protection. To bring light into other people's lives. You know, there's a lot of strange things happening, isn't there? Everybody, there's already books out already. I don't know how they can get them out so quickly. Is, is this stuff that's going on in Israel, the end times? I'm thinking, you've just wrote a 360-page book in two weeks. (laughs) I don't believe that. (laughs) You were waiting for something. Maybe it is the end times. Don't know. But there's a lot of strange things happen. But we are not to fear this present darkness. We are not to contribute to this present darkness. We are the antidote to this present darkness. Draw close to the Lord in obedience and let your light shine. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to share communion together now. Can I have those come forward, please, that are going to help with communion? That scarlet thread that, begins in the spiritual realm and then comes to life in in Eden with the fall of Adam and Eve and the fall of all the rest of us. There's a direct line that leads through the scriptures that we're going to look at, various lights along the way to guide us on the journey that lead right to the birth and the life of Christ, lead to that night when Jesus sat in the room with his, he called them his friends. And he told him what was going to happen. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be handed over. They're going to beat me. And then they're going to kill me. But I got good news. I'm not staying dead. I'm coming back. And I'm coming back as the final sacrifice for you. You know, in the Old Testament we used to have to to, to bring an offering to the priest every time we sinned. It was a blood offering usually, or you'd pay for a blood offering. And when Jesus came, he said, I'm the last offering. I'm the last lamb. If you accept this lamb, your forgiveness is eternal. You don't have to keep coming back. It is done. And when he celebrated what we call communion with his friends, his disciples. He, he called the bread his body. He called the wine his blood. He had already preached this earlier and it was quite controversial. He lost a lot of disciples when he said, you've got to eat my body and drink my blood. They're like, well, no, thank you. But he said, unless you eat my body, Unless you drink my blood, you cannot be part of me. It is a symbolic acknowledgement that it was Jesus Christ's body and blood that was shed for us. And it is through him that we receive forgiveness of our sins. Not through our own good behavior or anything else. It is through the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Shed on the cross. We have an open communion. What does that mean? You don't have to be Baptist, you don't have to be over 18, you don't have to be special. As long as you have asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, we are commanded to participate in communion. And if you have never asked Lord Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, today's a a good day. It's really simple. I remember when I did it. Pastor led me in a prayer. You can this day begin that relationship with Jesus. We're going to pray right now. And if you've never taken that step and you know you need to take that step because it's beyond believing. All those demons that we just read about believed in Jesus. It is when you ask Jesus to be your savior, when you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and believe in your heart that, that God raised him from the dead, that you are saved and forgiven. And you do that through a simple prayer to the Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we can come and share the body and the blood of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's such a strange thing. Drink the blood of the Lord. Eat the body of the Lord. There are strange things in your word, Father. But you made it very, very easy for us to come back to you. Our sin has blocked our path to you. But Jesus came to take that sin away. And anyone who asks for forgiveness in the name of the Lord Jesus sincerely receives that forgiveness. And that redemption. And if you've never done that, you can pray a simple prayer right now. Pray quietly with me, dear Jesus. I choose to trust you. Please forgive my sin. Come into my life and change me. Give me the faith to trust in you. I confess with my mouth. You are Lord, and I believe in my heart that you were raised again to life. Come into my life and change me. Father, all of us here, we are not worthy to be in your presence. We are all broken. We all have sinned. I'm going to have a moment here of quiet, an opportunity for you just to go to the Lord and confess whatever you may need to confess and know that your sins are forgiven. Take it back to your seat and we will share communion together. Father, again, we just give you thanks. I don't think we can get our heads really around what this represents. But we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for his obedience. We thank you for his sacrifice. The body of the Lord Jesus Christ, broken for you, take and eat. Father, on that night, says that Jesus took the cup and he declared that his blood was the new covenant, the covenant of life. The old covenant is gone. The blood of Lord Jesus Christ shed for you. Take and drink. Thank you, Father. We have a tradition. Oh, I did it all wrong, didn't I? We have a tradition at Lakeway where when the pastor is leading everything, it's all wrong. I was supposed to do the offering earlier, and I forgot all about the offering. And You thought you were getting away with it, but there's not a chance. Can I have those come forward, please, that are going to take up the offering? I love the way Hector does this. Jesus is not after our money. He's after our hearts. He's after our obedience. So as you give, give in obedience to Christ in the manner that he has called you to give. Let's pray for our offering. Father, we thank you for everything. Your word says that you own all of it. It's all yours, Father, and you have entrusted your creation to us. Strange thing. But, Father, I pray now as we come to bring our treasure, those things that we hold so dearly, Oftentimes, it's a defining point in our faith journey. Father, as we come to bring our treasure, may we give faithfully, may we give sacrificially, and may we give obediently to you, that nothing would get in the way of our relationship with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. While they're taking up the offering, um, there are actually three cards in front of you. I'm a little late, but we'll catch up on this one. There's a prayer request card. If you have a prayer, fill out the card. And in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to drop that off somewhere. You can put a private prayer request or you can ask for the prayer team. So check off the box for private. Don't check off more than one box unless you would like a call. Please private call or I would like others and call. And let us know how we can pray for you. Tomorrow is first Monday prayer. We invite you to come and be part of our prayer. If you're online and you have a prayer request, just put it in the messenger section of Facebook there and we'll get it and we'll make sure that we pray for you. Or go to our website and there's a, a link right there that you can put your prayers in straight to me. Also, there's a communication card. If you're new, fill out a communication card. Let us know or you're visiting. Let us know of your visit. If you're online, let us know of your visit and uh, I promise you, we won't bug you. I'd like to send a card just to thank you for your visit. And then thirdly, we've already done thirdly, we've done the offering. So what have we got coming up? First Monday prayer tomorrow, 7 o'clock. Please come and be part of that. We won't put anybody on the spot. We don't make people pray out loud if you want to go and sit quietly. But there's a power when God's people gather together and call upon his name. So we invite you to be part of that. November the 11th, men's breakfast. That's this coming Saturday, 8 o'clock in the morning. Men's breakfast is awesome. Guys, if you've never been, you need to come. It's good food. It's a great time of community. And we have a great message. And it's like an hour you're... Hour, hour and a half if we eat long. Sometimes we do. And you're out of here. Uh, Ladies, Secret Sisters, kick off November the 12th. That's next Sunday, is it? Yeah? So they can still sign up, right? It's a neat kind of thing. You get a Secret Sister and you do good things for your Secret Sister. And you have a Secret Sister that you do good things for too. It's just a neat thing. So come and be part of that. December the 2nd, we are going to be in the Parade of Lights. So I need some volunteers to be in the Parade of Lights, be praying about that. You've got to be able to walk. It's about um, two miles, maybe. Some people get to sit in the actual thing, but we're going to take the living nativity. We're going to draw up. We have a bunch of singers, and we go out on the Parade of Lights. And if Flip's there, everybody in the colony knows him, and will come up and give him a hug. And then we've got the toy run and living nativity. The next big thing is Thanksgiving. So out in the foyer there, we've started to collect for Thanksgiving. Is there a list in here of, uh, did we put it in there? Okay. If you know somebody who is in need, we've got coats, we've got toiletries, we're going to have toys for Christmas, we've got Thanksgiving meals. What I need for you to do is let me know or let the office know. Now, with Thanksgiving away, we like to feed maybe 12 or so. How many families? were 12 is the target last year we had nearly 40. Here's the reality. We can't feed everybody. So if you've got someone out in the foyer, you'll find one of these. Put the details of who they are and give it to us. Do not go to them. Because if we have 60 people and we can't afford to, to to feed 60 people, we hate to have to tell someone we can't. So come to us, give us the names. And here's the way it works out. God always provides. He provides what we need. But fill this out and then we'll get in contact with the family. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right, it's 11.50 already. Do you remember the other week? I got... Done at 11, 7... Well, we've taken that and borrowed it for today. That's how it works. All right, I think we're done. Have I forgotten anything? Offering on the way out. out. Benevolence. Whenever we take up communion, share communion, we take up a benevolence offering. This is an offering uh, to help people who are in need. It's got nothing to do with the running of this church. So if you've got some spare change in your wallet... Spare change is hard to come by these days... Um, please give as you leave. Please stand. Father, we thank you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, all of this stuff that goes on in the spiritual realms, all of this stuff that goes, that is going to happen in the spiritual realms, those, those demons that seek to influence our behavior, you are our protector, Father. And as we have read today, as we draw close to you, you will draw close to us. So I pray for each and every person in here today. Father, if there's someone who is experiencing darkness in their lives, may they know your light. May they draw close to you so that you will draw close to them. And Father, bless us in such a way that as we go from here, we are a light in the darkness. We are hope to the hopeless, that we would share the love of Jesus Christ with everyone that you bring in our path. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you all for coming.